This podcast was brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton, originally airing on SiriusXM. Now, I want to continue on this line of discussion with respect to, because you brought this up, Janae, the notion of the customer. And one of the things that gets discussed in our classes here at this venerable institution uh, is to always keep the customer uh, center stage, to always put the customer's needs and desires uh, at the forefront. But it sounds a little bit like in the luxury space, that sort of idea had, takes a kind of a different shape. In other words, it, it, you know, we always sort of say, go talk to the customer, see what they want, and whatever it is that they want, go build it for them. Uh, here, it sounds like there is maybe that's a bit of a flip. In, in other words, it's like the, the gurus who understand the history of what these beautiful pieces of art are are going to create what they create and create the best products and most beautiful products they can and let almost, in a sense, those customers find them. Is that is, Am I picking this up correctly or what, what are the thoughts on how to think about customer? Because we want to get back to your point. Uh, Pierre, about the notion of creating that appropriate emotional connection. So this is Pierre's favorite topic. I think I should let him start, and okay. then I'll, I'll try and uh, do whatever I know. I think I know what he's going to say. So, okay. Okay. and then I'm going to try and see if I can convert into Wharton speak okay. for you. <laughs> okay, <laughs> you have to translate from my poor English to a Wharton speak. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, that's that's the key. Uh, I'm going to make an analogy, and I'm not going to say that Mr. Jaune is at the level of the person I'm going to mention. Okay. If we were a little bit younger, you meet a guy called Pablo Picasso. You're not going to ask him and say, can you make something like this and like this? No, you're going to say, please do whatever you want because you're the artist. Mm -hmm. Because the emotion is there. You're adhering, you're, you're accepting mm -hmm. his vision. Mr. Jaune, when he makes watches, and he's saying in a very humble way, he says, I'm making the watches that I, Mr. Jaune, like. Mm -hmm. And I'm lucky enough that you have some collectors that appreciate what I'm doing. But even if they would not appreciate what I'm doing, I will still do what I like. Mm -hmm. <laughs> because that's the only thing I know what to do. Okay. You don't ask a painter to do uh, you know, a sculpture because it's not his calling. Then it's something not for him. Gotcha. That's good for the other people. It's tomorrow, like, let's say, yellow dials for what wristwatches are uh, in fashion. If Mr. Jean doesn't like yellow, he's not going to do it. He's not going to do it. Because it, it's not going to be good. Mm -hmm. So it's really like going back, when I say artist, you can call a watch an art because it's a, um, it's functional, therefore it's not supposed to be art, but it's mm -hmm. not far. Mm -hmm. And actually it's more complicated because it's got to be visually pleasing mm -hmm. and mechanically working. Mm -hmm. So that's a difference. So I, I agree with you, it would be exactly the opposite. Mm -hmm. Not listening to the consumer, but you know, making sure that maybe... You convey your vision in a certain way, like a, like a Pablo Picasso would do. Mm -hmm. And if he became su successful, th there are reasons for this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, translate that into... Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> it was not about English at all. Here at Wharton, as Professor would say, he likes numbers. <laughs> he, he says, give me data. Give me data, yes. So, uh, so that is what I meant by, you know, uh, Wharton speak. Everything about what Pierre has said, a uh, personal story... That is what my primary attraction to Jean mm -hmm. is and mm -hmm. remains. Mm -hmm. uh, we were speaking for quite a while before, uh, as I was, uh, we were having quite a few conversations. Mm -hmm. And the way brand Jean was presented to me, mm -hmm. it was exactly like this. Okay. That here is a brand which is on a mission to do exactly stuff as Mr. Jean finds fit. Gotcha. And you've been, you've been with the company, you're, you're relatively new, correct? Yes, I've just joined. Yes. I just graduated uh, 
this summer mm-hmm. took a few, took a little time off mm-hmm. and now i'm starting prior to this i was uh, the brand manager for rolex okay and uh, and i started my career with vacheron constantin mm-hmm. which is uh, one of my favorite watches i have very very high regard for their work mm-hmm. with the year that i started there we were celebrating our 250th year anniversary oh and uh, wow it was it was humbling to say the least mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, fabulous company fabulous culture mm-hmm. and uh, sort of everything that the idealized vision that i had i found that in jion and to come back to the point so professor fader uh, yes my colleague pete fader here he, yes your yes. colleague and yes. uh, so he has a very very nice uh, book that he had which is called customer centricity mm-hmm. He very much appreciates that plug by the way I'm sure. Okay. <laughs> yes. That book is awesome. Mm-hmm. Because the way it is written it's all about numbers. It's all about what all can be model. Mhm. But at the base of it there's everything about knowing your customer very well does not mean a good CRM campaign. Mm-hmm. Does not mean the low hanging fruit and knowing what color they like and what is their birthday. Mhm. Mm-hmm. That is not even scratching the surface. That is what you need for consumer goods. Mhm. for a luxury brand mm-hmm. it needs to be so much higher it needs to be can you talk to the customer's highest aspiration mm-hmm. can you imagine a world for them which does not exist oh. a product which so in 2016 mm-hmm. can you imagine what would be great or what would the world be looking for in 2020 Mm-hmm. and then you start the process of creating a product which has all these emotions all these dreams mm-hmm. built into it mm-hmm. for a luxury product there's always going to be this this very interesting tension between tradition and innovation mm-hmm. so you have to balance a force of inertia with a force of innovation gotcha because it's not luxury if it's not innovative right luxury brands are luxury brands today uh-huh. because at some point they were breaking the rules they were breaking all the norms to create a vision to create a possibility mm-hmm. which then came to be known as oh my god this is luxury gotcha so innovate talk a little bit more about this notion of innovation and how uh how the watches that are made uh, with with you guys are in what does that mean innovation in that in that context well uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, mr jour and yes. the company of pigeon okay. yes. so it's very 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 small okay uh company uh we produced 862 watches last year and that is worldwide 862 watches yes. produced last year worldwide to give wow. you an idea uh, rolex wow. company is 1.1 million <laughs> okay uh, patek philippe which is you know very high end company very good uh in mechanical watches meaning no battery about mm-hmm. 50000 50000 okay. we we are 862 800. and wow. we insist on the two because we count each and every one <laughs> we don't give wrong numbers <laughs> so so but mr jean is considered arguably to be the best watchmaker alive I mean, won all the prizes, the Oscars of watchmaking, mm. more than any other company mm-hmm. for somebody new. Mm-hmm. We don't have the 250 uh, uh, years of history that Vacheron has. Mm-hmm. You know, so when you come in, you've got to be new. You've got to bring something new, okay. innovative. Mm-hmm. But when Mr. Jean says a watch is new, he doesn't say, well, this is a blue hand before it was a yellow hand. Mm. That is not new. <laughs> for him, new is in, it's in regards to the history of watchmaking. Gotcha. Let's say from the 14th century, if you really want to go uh, wide. But let's say, you know, beginning of the, uh, the 1800s with Breguet and then the modern uh, era. Okay. If you bring something new, it has to say, yes, you have to know the history. Mm-hmm. If you don't know the history, you don't know if it's new or not. You might replicate what was done before. Mm-hmm. So that was the key thing. 
But I like to to pick up on, on something that Janet said. He said, you know, he was when you started talking, you said, well, that's exactly what I heard from Pierre. But the reason being, because this is the reality. Mm. It is not a marketing speech. Gotcha. It's, it's genuine. And true luxury has to be genuine. Mm -hmm. Now, I cannot say that F.P. Jean is a luxury brand. It's you that has to decide if it sets you apart. Gotcha. You can't say, oh, here, I'm a luxury. This is like, you know, a cow and you put like, you know, your, your stamp on mm -hmm, it. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean anything. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now, the, the question that I'm asking That's you guys. Interesting. interesting. You, the, you, the academics. Uh, <laughs> I mean, my, my business school was studying one years ago, so things have evolved. Is And we don't like the word marketing at <laughs> Fijon because it sounds almost cheap. <laughs> mm. So how, mm. how can you redefine? Give me another word, another semantic for marketing. Oh, and to get into luxury. That that would be a question. And then if we have a message, and obviously with 862 watches, even though they're pretty pricey because they're very rare, we don't have a budget for media like you know a Rolex would have, obviously. Mm -hmm. So how do you communicate? Mm -hmm. How do you relay that message? In mm -hmm. an ad, it's not easy to say everything that I just said in the past few minutes. For more insight from Business Radio, please visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.